It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. And good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It is 8 o'clock, and it is time for episode 273 of the Ron and Brian podcast. Brian, how are you tonight? I'm doing great, Ron. I'm doing wonderful. This is um, Sunday. Uh, it's It's been a day of football. It's one of those special days when you wake up and uh, you, you, you have your cup of coffee, you go back for your second cup of coffee, and then you realize that there's a 9.30 a.m. Oh, yeah. NFL football game from London, and um, and you just realize that you can watch football from 9.30 to 12.30, take a little break from 12.30 to 1, and boom, you got a day of football. Day of football here. Nothing wrong with that, my friend. Nothing wrong. How are you doing, Ron? Uh, I'm good. You know, we were uh, we were fully ready to shut this down tonight to stand in solidarity with uh, the federal government workers that uh, were going to be furloughed. Uh, but uh, we'll talk about that a little later. Thankfully, the government isn't shutting down uh, yes. for at least another month and a half. Thank so you so much we are to here. Uh, everybody, everybody that made it happen. Yes, we're here and we are ready to go, as always. With drink of the drink week. of the week. Nazdrovia. Salud. Drink of the week. Trancher. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Right. Week. What are you drinking this week, sir? Rod, it's my favorite time of year. When we have an entire month, today is October 1st, an entire month dedicated to beer. That's right, Ron. It's Oktoberfest. That it is. So so as a tradition, something I think you and I have been doing for, I believe, 27 of the last 28 years that we've been doing this show, I drink nothing but Oktoberfest beers during the month of October. And this year is going to be no different. This year, we're starting off with Paul Aner. Paul Aner. Good call. Oktoberfest Manzen. You know, I love the German language. Nothing turns me on so much like using the German accent. And I know as somebody who is part German, like you are, when you hear me butchering the German language, you sit there and I know you get a little tingly feeling down in your loins. I know it happens. Um, but look at this healthy, beautiful color. Let me face, you know what they always say, face the client. Yes. Look at that fine, fine looking uh, pint glass and the beer that is inside. Ron, you are looking at Paulina Oktoberfest Marzin. That's right. I just finished watching Band of Brothers. So I am up to speed on the fine German language. And what is Paul Aner Oktoberfest Marzen? It's an amber beer style that was developed over 200 years ago. The Marzen name comes from March beer because the Germans love marching down the Champs-Élysées as they take down Paris as it crumbles within hours. That's not true. It was historically brewed in March to be at peak flavor in Germany for the Oktoberfest celebration. 
Today, this style is available year-round in the U.S. due to popular demand, coming in at a 5.8 ABV, an 87 score from Beer Advocate. I don't know what's in it or what kind of um, uh, uh, aftertaste it's going to have, but I'm guessing I'm going to enjoy this, Ron. All right. The only thing better than your German is your sense of rhythm, so you're really uh, showcasing all of that. Oh, going back for a second sip. Quizzical. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. First off, love it. Absolutely okay. love this beer. Second of all, it's got a nice flavor. It's got a full flavor as Oktoberfest beers tend to. Um, but it doesn't have, it's not too hoppy. It doesn't have too much of an aftertaste. That fine toffee, it's almost a toffee flavor mm. that I'm picking up on. Um, I may be going back for a second one this episode. Um, I'm enjoying it. And this is week Good. one of Brian's Oktoberfest Oktoberating. So uh, next week, we'll see what I'll be drinking. Um, Ron. Yes. What are you drinking? Um, well, I'm kind of surprised to hear you talking all about Oktoberfest beers because you had a little heart to heart with me last week and said, Ron, I need some more basic beers to be drinking in the month of October. Well, Brian, I went out and found one for you. Um, this is the newest family member in the Southern Tier Brewing Company Pumpkin line. That's right, Brian. It is Caramel Pumpkin or Caramel, depending on how you pronounce it. I'm not 100% sure how you do in your household. But Brian, it's smooth, rich, luscious caramel intertwines with cinnamon, nutmeg, and pie crust notes to deliver a little slice of pumpkin heaven oozing with confectionery delight. It's a sticky, delicious twist on an old favorite, and it's clocking in at a solid 8.6%. Oh, and look at that body. Look at that Ooh. amber hue. It looks like caramel. Do you say caramel or caramel? I think we've asked this before. I say caramel. Caramel. There we go. It's caramel pumpkin. Let's have a sip and see how it is. The man takes a sip. The man swallows, licks his lips, pontificates. Ooh, goes back for a second sip. Not sure. Not sure what his reaction is going to be. I'm hold on. He's thinking mm. the man. Mm, the man thinks like the uh, creature mm. from Young Frankenstein. Mm. Um. So, I am a fan of the pumpkin family of beers. We know that is not a good beer. <laughs> okay, walk me through. That is what not is enjoyable. It? What is it that Mr. Ron does not appreciate about this beer? I I think, you know, when I think caramel or caramel, however you want to say it, Do I'm you thinking say caramel? Of, I say caramel. Okay. I think I think of some sweetness in there. So I was looking at the uh I was looking for the regular pumpkin flavor with a little bit of that sweetness coming at mm -hmm. the end. Um this is an overpowering nutmeg flavor that I'm getting with this beer. Uh, it's 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 a little on the on the spicy side. Um, yes, Billy, a lousy pumpkin. I am I am shocked, but it happens. Caramel, according to Janelle, caramel. If you're from upstate New York, I think it is. I think my father-in-law says it the same way. I know Allie is shuddering at my pronunciation um, almost as much as she shudders at your dance moves, Brian. I know. 
Um, so yeah, so that is uh, that's a little disappointing. I'm usually a fan of all the various pumpkin beers, the pumpkin on nitro. Uh, for me, this is the first miss. I mean, again, let me hold on. Taking another sip, he goes in for a third sip. Let's see if he does his opinion change at all. No, it does not. And this is fresh. Oh. I mean, it says it's best by June 20th of 2025. So I'm, mm. I'm getting it on the upswing. Um, yes, Brian, it looks like you want to say something. Can I make a suggestion? Always. Maybe this is the kind of beer that you should be cellaring. Perhaps, perhaps it's a cellared type beer. You raise a very, you raise a maybe very some of the, point. maybe some of the caramel <laughs> undertones will be brought to the surface as the ABV increases after you cellar this beer. Um, we'll check in maybe next uh, next fall. I'm sure I will still have. The you know what, Ron? I'm going to be this available. I'm going to be sending you an Oktoberfest beer for next week. All right, I, I appreciate that. I look forward to it. In the meantime. Uh, I also look forward to your beef of the week. Ron and Brian's beef of the week. Brian, what's bothering you this week? (sighs) Okay. It's people in my life that do not follow my life. Okay. Earlier this this week, in fact, just a few days ago, this past Friday, New York City experienced what some people refer to as a weather event. (laughs) Now, it's been raining significantly in the Northeast. I know down in in Philadelphia, you've, you've had your share of rain, um, nothing that would break cause us to break out the Doppler 6900, but it is a significant amount of rain you've experienced. Sure, sure. Um, you know, we had the after effects of Hurricane um, Eladio um, that just passed, you know, did not hit us, didn't come near us, but we saw an increased tide, increased, you know, uh, weather, we'll call it. Um, and uh, this past uh, week, we, I believe it rained two of the three. Um, uh, two or three days this past week, but Friday, New York City got hit with probably, I would say, in you know, in some areas, it got hit with about five inches of rain in 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 uh, you know about a twelve hour span. Some areas more or less. Here's well, my what's really interesting to me was uh, one of your nicknames in college was five inches of rain. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing on that. That was good. That was actually really good. Um, uh, but so my point is the fact that the number of people that reached out to me, um, assuming that I was going to be negatively affected, um, subway lines in New York City were um, uh, uh, brought to a standstill as as stations throughout the MTA system were flooded. Um, I think we all saw YouTube videos and and TikTok videos of, of, of just water gushing into the um, subway system. Um, uh, bridges um, were uh, uh, still open. However, tunnels were flooded. Uh, right. The Battery Park Tunnel, uh, Lincoln Tunnel, uh, Henry Hudson Tunnel. Um, but this has got to stop. 
<clears throat> anyway, so to make a long story short, the number of people that reach out to me to say, hey, listen, are you okay? Are you going to be all right? How are you going to get home? I, uh, please tell me you didn't go, you know, you didn't, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to get stuck in Manhattan. And this is my beef, Ron. Don't these people know that I don't live in New York anymore? I am not subjected to. That's where my brain you know, was going. Like you are yeah. not a resident of New York City anymore. I don't, I don't, I am not beholden to this underground hellhole that is the New York City subway system. I don't need to, to you know, expose myself to that kind of riffraff anymore. Well, you I have now, a boat that you now traverse back and forth to work on. If anything, yeah. the flooding is only going to make it that much smarter for you to be on a boat. Because now the boat can literally come right up to my building. I don't need it to, to right. land at the, at, at, the, at the ferry terminal. It can now just go right up to the side of my building. I can jump off the side and swim to the front door. So it's just the fact of people not sitting there following my life, knowing that as a proud resident of the state of New Jersey, that I now commute in a, I don't want to say that it's a, a better form of, of, of transportation, but it's just, it's, it's a little bit, uh, it's more my speed. I understand. So people, when I say that I've moved out of New Jersey, please make a note of it, write it down. I'm, don't I'm sit there and assume, right don't assume that I'm swimming up the four or five line on my way to Grand Central. Don't assume that I'm doing the backstroke on the one, two, three line for I am not, I'm on the ferry. All right. All right, Ron. Ron? Yes. Yes, sir. What's bothering you? Um, I mean, numerous things this week. Um, but if I had to pick one, and, and again, maybe it's because I'm the caring uh, crusader that I am, that I, that I see these things happening out in society, and I feel the need to speak truth to power, Brian. Uh, but my beef this week is with the Philadelphia media. Um, you may have seen, yes, we had a little bit of rain here in Philadelphia. We also had uh, a few days worth of looting uh, downtown, which don't get me wrong. I am well uh, in support of some civil di disobedience and whatnot. But the the uh, the angle that the Philadelphia media was taking for some reason was I heard from multiple times on multiple stations that you'd be surprised uh, it was mostly adults that were arrested looting, not children. And I was like, when did it ever become like a kid's specific thing mm -hmm. to like loot? Like kids cause trouble, but like it's usually the adults wanting to get free shit that I see. Sure, really sure. Wrong. You know, they, they take advantage of an actual you know, civil disobedience event like the protests we had down at City Hall this week. And then they just go and, and try and steal like uh, iPhones and uh, liquor and stuff like that. Question, what protests yeah. at City Hall were there? Because I'm um, unaware that the, um, the uh, that there was any link to the looting to something else. Well, I understand, um, you know, as you mentioned, you have moved into your ivory tower. Um, they're sure. in West New York, New Jersey, and you are not as in touch with the common man as you used to be. Had you been following the news a little bit closer, um, you would know that that uh, Philadelphia police officer who was fired for killing uh, somebody at that traffic stop who was facing murder charges. Yeah, those yeah. murder charges were thrown out by a judge earlier uh, last week, saying that the so that's what people were pro that's they what were people pro were protesting that led to the looting. 
Well, I would say they were protesting and then the looting happened because the police were tied up with the protests. At yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mean to say that the protesters were doing the looting. I think one of the things that has you been... Were, you, were, you were walking that fine line of uh, victim blaming. No, no, no. I, uh, one of the things that, you know, especially here in New York City during the 2020 um, George, George Floyd protests, New York City was very um, uh, affected by those protests um, and there was looting. But I think one of the things that you um, you realize over time goes by, especially, you know, is that there is absolutely a criminal element in these major metropolitan areas that take advantage of civil um, unrest and use that as the excuse for criminal behavior that most people who are at, who are out on the street protesting um, uh, on justice injustice excuse me wow Brian screws up a word go figure um, oh, the God. people that are all right the people that are out there um, fighting injustice they're not the ones looting they're the ones who are walking on to the next block to continue um, demonstrating it's the people who want to, you know, rob an, an, an Apple store are the ones who are like, hey, listen, people are going to be out in the streets. Cops are going to be, um, uh, you know, providing uh, security. Uh, let's go in there and rob an Apple store. I, I think, you know, it's so bad. I've heard that Target is closing uh, one of their New York City stores just because of the theft. Oh, but they're closing the one in Harlem. So, um <laughs> No, no, no. I also genuinely believe that the industry, that the retail industry is seizing upon the uh, shoplifting. Um, I don't want to say it's an epidemic, but there absolutely has been a um, realization on the criminals part that um, retail staff has been told, do not interfere with shoplifters. Um, we don't want you to um, endanger your welfare. So you literally have um, criminals just walking into stores knowing that they're going to face little resistance as they steal. Um, the fact that um, and also the realization that security guards will not do anything to interfere with their um, looting, shoplifting, whatever the terminology is. Um, the fact is, I believe you've got a um, a real crisis in the retail um, market. People don't want to go to stores and shop anymore. They want to order online where prices are cheaper and have it delivered to their door. The entire um, paradigm. Very good. You, you nailed that one, actually. The entire paradigm of shopping has been so completely um, uh, uh, gone through such an upheaval uh, in terms of how people shop that I believe there are just a lot of stores that can no longer justify paying the rent that they're paying to have a, um, a, a physical, uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? A physical space. Well, a brick and mortar presence. Yeah. They can't justify it anymore when, you know, they can make probably more money renting out warehouse space in, um, uh, you know, in in uh, a, I don't want to say a third world state like Arkansas, because that would be offensive. But, you know, they, they where you know, it's one of these distribution that, you know, you can if Target can make more money just, you know, opening up a distribution center and doing online sales than paying New York City, Manhattan rent. 
Um, and, well, I, and what we're also got... seeing is, you know, this, this, the shoplifting and looting, it's not just, you know, one or two or a handful of people. It's, it's organized gangs. Sure. You know, like we had a situation where there was a, a PC Richard and son in Northeast Philly that was hit by at least 20 individuals that just came oh, in yeah, at yeah. your point, you know, the staff isn't going to do anything at that point, yeah. except all right, they're, they're going to steal all this shit. And sure. you know, I don't have, listen, if I was a, I'm not being paid at PC Richard, I'd be like, I don't have, I don't have a dog in this fight. <laughs> Shit. Going, I would going, sit there and I'm be I would out. sit there and be like, hey, listen, grab this laptop, tuck it off to the side for me um, on my way home. Um, but I, I just think that you've got a lot of stores that are using the um, shoplifting um, uh, crime wave oh, as yeah. a as a cover for um, not having to accept that their business model has absolutely um, is no longer effective in the the current shopping uh, uh, means that uh, that the people follow. No, I hear you. I hear you. Well, Brian, before it gets too late, I think we're about ten minutes away from everybody switching over to watch uh, Taylor Swift in the uh, in the Chiefs uh, suite at the NFL game tonight. So let's make sure we get everybody our locks of the week. Locks. Brian. Ron. No, 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 no. Ron. No. Brian. No. no. Ron. Brian. Um, congratulations, Ron. Thank you. How do you For do what, it? Brian? How do you do it? <laughs> I don't know. Talk to me. How do you do it? Ron, this was um this was our, I believe, fourth week of the NFL season. You would be correct in that count. You, when you put your little pretty head down on that amazing <laughs> Tempur-Pedic pillow of yours as you fall asleep next to Mrs. Ron, you realize that you are going to be 8-0 and for this season after going 2-0 and again this week? It's, uh, it's, it's a lot at times, but I, I, feel, I feel proud of what, what I was able to do. Ron, this is amazing. You saw the Cowboys laying seven and a half against the Patriots. I remember a week ago you said Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches that has ever walked on the gridiron. Unfortunately, the team he is coaching do not deserve him. Um, Cowboys laying seven and a half. You said take the boys. 38 to three was the final. An utter blowout. You saw the Los Angeles Chargers laying. Is it San Diego Chargers or Los Angeles? Uh, it is the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I don't even pay attention to where to where these teams are. I study the players, Ron. The uh, Los Angeles Chargers minus four and a half against the Las Vegas Raiders. You sat there and said the Raiders are a nothing. Chargers win by seven. Um, bringing you two and zero for the week, eight and zero for the season. How can one man be so perfect, Ron? Well, apparently another man can because you were Brian. Um, you saw uh, the Philadelphia Eagles at home, seven point favorites against Washington, and you said not only can uh, Philadelphia not protect its retail scores, it can't protect the end zone either. You Correct. said my, you said Washington plus seven. Sure enough. 
Philadelphia needed overtime to get a 34-31 win. And then Mm -hmm. you looked at Tampa Bay going into New Orleans. You said Tom Terrific may no longer be there, but Tampa Bay is a hell of a team. You took Tampa Bay plus three and a half. They didn't need any of those points. They won the game outright 26 to nine. So, so kudos to you, sir. I mean, thank you. I, you know, I would have to say if someone didn't care about your record, they would have to say that, that they don't care about just the soul and the person that you are. Oh, Janelle said, no, I don't care. That's well, try and try and put that aside, Brian, and give us your locks of the week for next weekend, week five. Thank you. Good take. Good take. Um, for week five, to me, I uh, I dropped some tea leaves in some boiling water. I watched the way they floated, turned the cup upside down, not realizing I was going to spill water all over my countertop. And what did I see? I see the Saints um, uh, getting two and a half against the Patriots at home. Love the Saints. Um, also Broncos minus three against the Jets. I imagine the Jets will get shellacked by the Chiefs tonight. So which means that the um, Jets are going to continue their terrible streak. Broncos minus three. You lay those points. Ron, for week yes. five, what do you got? What do you got? Um, so I went against a couple of teams that are proving that they are pretty bad. Um, Chicago goes on the road to Washington. Washington is five and a half point favorites. Gotta love Washington at home, uh, minus five and a half. And then Baltimore goes on the road to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh losing to Houston of all teams today. Uh, I'm taking Baltimore minus two and a half. Lock them in. I normally say don't don't bet the house, but for these four, I'm confident in saying bet the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, if you have a mortgage, if you have a deed right now that's sitting in a lockbox, just sign it over to Vegas right now. Walk right. over, run to the Bellagio, countersign that deed. Say, listen, you can have my house. I'm to actually don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Legal purposes. My our lawyers. Our lawyers literally just jumped in to the group chat over here and they said, listen, no, 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 no. Do not tell people to go to Vegas. But if you did, just saying. These would be the four to go. Ron, um, mentioned yes. earlier, you, you mentioned earlier that we were prepared to um, to not do this show tonight as the government was was preparing for a complete and utter shutdown due to a lack of funding bill from Congress. The hard right members, and I don't mean um, uh, uh, penile uh, positions. I'm not talking about the strength of their erections. I'm talking about the Good. political spectrum. So yes. please, Ali, get your head out of the gutter um, and not think about penises for just one moment. Um, the hard right were sitting there saying that they were absolutely not going to go along with any type of temporary funding bill um, so long as it did not address their desires to cut back on social services such as Social Security, welfare, uh, aid to Ukraine, um, uh, 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 clean uh, syringes for um, heroin addicts in Kensington. I mean, it was just a whole slew of um, federal uh, agencies that were going to be affected. Uh, Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, 
sat there, put together a temporary bill, got enough Republicans and Democrats to go along with it. Speaker of the House passed a bill yesterday. I want to say it was evening. Uh, it was, it was sometime in the evening. It was yes. later on in the day. Um, immediately, the same bill was able to be passed uh, quickly in the House as the House has um, some better behaved people, um, meaning Democrats. And we quickly, um, I just said that to trigger you uh, Republicans. Um, and then what do we know? Uh, uh, passed by uh, President Biden late last night. Ron, our federal government fully funded right now. How do you feel? How do you feel? I mean, uh, another 45 days, Brian, which means that uh, come mid-November, uh, we will get to go through this all again. Um, I think if it showed anything, it showed that how much political capital Kevin McCarthy um, used up to become Speaker of the House again, uh, because mm -hmm. he was not able to get anything done. He was not able to get his party coordinated. And sure. I think I think the reason a, a number of Republicans kind of, you know, voted for this and, and kicked the, the, the right wing part of the party to the side was they realized that this is, you know, if the government shuts down, it is fully going to be put on the backs of the Republicans because they control the House. They have the speakership. Um, I think Speaker McCarthy probably at this point will go down as one of the most impotent speakers of the House that we've ever had. Worse than uh, Matt Ryan? Paul Ryan, mm -hmm. <laughs> Matt Ryan, Matt Matty Ice was a great quarterback. <laughs> Paul I heard Ryan. he ate a lot. I heard Matt Ryan ate a lot. Hungry quarterback, very hungry quarterback. Hungry. Loved to carve hungry, load. Hungry, hungry. Loved to carve load. Um, and now uh, Matt Gates is going to try yeah. and get uh, Kevin McCarthy removed. So now, rather than you know focus on a uh, an actual spending bill, it sounds like uh, Kevin McCarthy is now might be facing the first vote to remove a sitting Speaker of the House since 1910. And this is what I love, is that McCarthy's response was literally, bring it on. His, he actually yeah. was quoted by the press saying, bring it on. He has, he, he has reached the point of um, basically saying, do your worst. I don't give a shit anymore. Um, I am not going to be beholden to these um, to, uh, uh, eight people who uh, who literally are are not uh, you know putting forth an agenda um, other than let's let's bring down the government and bring down the system because we don't like not getting our way. Um, and what I also like, and this is this is where I just think baller move. You know, I love a little anarchy. I'm not gonna lie, I do like a little anarchy. I like you do. like you chaos. Are you are. Do a fan. enjoy being around for chaos is that some key members of the Democrats you would think would be stepping up for McCarthy and trying to speak up about how he is the voice of reason. But AOC was quoted earlier today as saying that if there was a vote to um, kick McCarthy out as the um, uh, Speaker of the House, she would absolutely vote for him because he has been a terrible Speaker of the House. <laughs> that like even the Democrats are like, oh yeah, we're not going to protect you. We're not going to help you. Like, you can't get your shit together with your party. You have majority rule. We're not going to help. You go down, fucker. Go down and just like let the chaos exist if you guys can't fucking figure it out. Right. Well, and you know, and then McCarthy goes on Face the Nation this morning and, you know, it's like, 
He's like, well, you know, the reason we couldn't get the the bill done was because of the Democrats and the host. I forget her name. She's like, but but the Democrats voted for your bill. You couldn't get enough of your own members to vote for the bill. Well, you know, it's really because of the Democrats. It's really because Joe Biden's uh, such a bad president and the borders are open uh, and there's so much fentanyl coming across. Sure. A lot of good speaking points. Yes. Uh, you know, enough people die. So many people die of fentanyl each day, Brian. It's like a, a airliner crashing. Right. So fentanyl, okay. focus on it. Uh, gun violence, not so much. No, 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 no. We need to build some, we need to start building classrooms that are, um, uh, will protect kids from school shooters. Makes sense. I'd fund that with my hard earned tax dollars. Would you? Uh, Margaret Brennan. Thank you, Ali. Margaret Brennan, uh, again, uh, really took uh, McCarthy to task and he just tried to he just tried to get his talking points through. And she was just like just shutting him down. It was it was enjoyable to watch. He really is a buffoon at the end of the day. Of course. I mean, it's a, it's it's sad. Not that Matt Gates is any better. Don't don't get us wrong. We're not. No, a, Matt Gates is worse. Matt Gates was we are sex with underage chaos, girls. We are an not absolute fan of chaos. Ron, do not for do not um, uh, pass on the idea. Matt Gates was having sex with underage girls. Oh, yeah, Matt no, he's Ga- a allegedly a lot of never ways. proven in a court of law. He was uh, Venmoing underage girls' money. Never had a good reason as to why he was doing this. Um, never explained why he was um, paying the exact dollar amount to underage girls that um, he was being paid by other guys. Um, and that supposedly he um, was helping traffic these girls um, across state lines. But no, 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 no. Uh, everybody knows Epstein's name. Everybody's sitting there saying like, you know, like who's in his black book. Meanwhile, we know Matt Gates was literally spending time with an underage girl and sending her and Venmoing this girl money. Since she wasn't a family friend, she like he has there's no reason he's linked to this girl. And um, what did we do? Absolutely nothing. We just literally sat there and we're like, eh, I'm just gonna let's just wait. Let's wait a period of time to pretend it never happened. Let's just forget about it. This guy's a scumbag, an absolute and sure scumbag. And sure enough, yes. Um, no, and uh, yes, I did use. Sorry, that was Lindsey Graham that that used that line. It's very tough to tell them apart um, on uh, on fa- on Facebook. Hold on, when Ali types FTN, is that an acronym for NFT? I don't believe so. No, it's a it's a oh. face the nation. I believe. Listen, listen, Ron. The clues are right there for you. Just <laughs> you know, you need to you know you need to draw the lines and make the connections. Anyway, let uh, we we almost skipped over our stories of the week, which we we never ever should do never because do. these never are do. our stories that we consider to be our favorite stories of the week. Yes, Brian. What is your story of the week this week? My story of the week takes us to the great white north. Um, look above you, not literally towards the sky, but towards the north uh, North star. Is that what it's called? The um, Sure. I don't know. Let's go to Canada. Let's, let's <laughs> not physically. Let's not physically go to Canada. Yeah. But let's emotionally, spiritually go to Canada and talk about Anthony Rota, who was Canada's House Speaker up until this week. Um, that's it. There he is. Um, he oversaw um, can, the uh, Canadian House of Representatives. And earlier this week, he stepped down. 
he resigned his position. And the reason for that is that the Canadian um, uh, parliament, we'll call it parliament, I don't really know the type of government they have. I know it's some kind of representative nonsense. Um, they were holding a session, I believe it was last week, and um, uh, his party sat there and said, listen, we need to show our solidarity with the people of Ukraine against those dastardly Russians. We need to show Ukraine that they have Canadian support. So what they did was they um, found a Ukrainian war veteran to um, invite to their House of Representatives um, for a, um, a special session, um, asked him to stand up um, to show, you know, as a symbol of Ukrainian pride that um, here was a man who fought in the war, um, who, you know, defended Ukrainians' pride. And, and um, uh, I, I want to point out that he, he fought in World War II. It's not as he if did. it was a, this wasn't a current um, uh, 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 veteran. I believe his name was, uh, hold on, uh, Hunka. What was his name? Where, do, where, where am I missing it from? Oh, here. Yaroslav Hunka. They invited a 98-year-old Yaroslav Hunka um, into their House of Commons. Call it the House of Representatives. They call it right. the House of Commons. Um, except there was one little problem that came out after um, Hunka was um, uh, in the House of Commons. In fact, he was actually uh, photographed standing next to Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Well, if you go back in time and look at World War II, you will realize that Ukraine fought on the sides of the Germans. Um, Ukraine was not part of the Allied um, forces. Ukraine was actually part of the Axis. Um, so when they um, kind of realized, wait a second, this war hero um, that we're celebrating this week um, – well, what side of the war did you fight on? This guy was just like, oh, yeah, I fought with the Nazis. Yeah, yeah they, they, they were my people. They were my peeps. Um, and uh, suddenly when it became realized by Prime Minister Trudeau, who has been photographed in blackface, um, when it was realized by uh, President Trudeau and the press um, that they had invited a Nazi war hero um, into their House of Commons, Trudeau branded it deeply embarrassing there must be a fall guy. Um, there's never a fall woman. It's always a fall no, guy. Always a fall um, guy. Anthony Rota, just, you know, he dove on the sword. Um, you say sword or sword? I say sword. So do I. I say sword. Um, jumped on the sword. Uh, Anthony Rota resigns Canada. That is my story of the week. If you're going to bring war heroes to your House of Commons, just do a little Google search and kind of kind of think about who are we bringing into our um, our halls of government. Ron, what's your story yeah. of the week? Uh, so my story, I guess, I mean, it's probably a little bit more <clears throat> salacious uh, than yours. You know, there used to be no more glamorous job than, uh, than airline pilot. Um, sure. You had just the, the highest respect for these men. Uh, well, now, and women, men and women, both can fly planes, Brian. I don't, know why you, I don't know why you said that. Um, but a British Airways pilot reportedly snorted cocaine off of a woman's bare breasts 
before trying to fly a jet to the UK. Um, this is Mike Beaton of Devon, who's married, by the way, uh, was not his wife's breast that he snorted mm-hmm. cocaine off of. Uh, he boasted of his drug and drink orgy to a stewardess friend, admitting, quote, I've been a very naughty boy. Um, the uh, appalled pal reported him to bosses <clears throat> who canceled last month's flight from Johannesburg to London, uh, then drug tested and uh, fired him. Um, he was uh, it cost the airlines approximately a hundred thousand pounds to cancel the flight. Um, that's uh, that's just crazy, Brian. We can snort cocaine because we're just doing a podcast here, uh, but flying uh, a plane not not so good. Now, I have a question. Why is it that you're allowed to sniff cocaine off of a topless woman, but um, pilots are not allowed? I mean, I, you know, I don't no one. No one's life is resting on what I do here. Okay. You would think. I mean, are you yours sure is, about I that? Get it. Well, yours is. I understand. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's something. That's uh, that's a party animal right there. I think that, you know, listen, pilots have always had a um, uh, a salacious uh, reputation. I think there has always been, and I'm not sure why, but there has always been this reputation going back to the, the 50s and 60s and the you know the 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 twenties back with the uh, the Wright brothers in North Carolina. I mean, there's always been a reputation of these um, pilots out there having a, a, a very active sex life with the um, uh, stewardesses and stewardesses having sex in the towns they go to. Um, I'm not sure why suddenly today we are no longer considering that as being acceptable. I mean, you once told me the story about how you heard about Orville and Wilbur Wright um, running train on every, you know, they had a woman in every port. And it was just disrespectful. That is disrespectful. Does, does Matt have an opinion on this topic? Matt, for his, to give him credit, he likes to just snort cocaine off of a glass uh, coffee table. He is really kind of like old school in the way that, uh, in that he does that. I mean, don't you think? I would agree with that, Matt. Matt, Matt I've I've once heard that. Um, uh, I once heard that Matt only does cocaine off of topless women's chests. All right, so we're we're getting different stories. We may have to sit them down, maybe get HR involved, figure all this out. Uh, speaking of uh, flying, Brian, a uh, a American Airlines flight attendant. Uh, was found dead in a uh, Philadelphia hotel room earlier this week um, with a cloth stuck in her mouth. Uh, She was identified a few days later as Diana Ramos, uh, age 66, Mm -hmm. uh, found dead at the Philadelphia Airport Marriott just uh, before 11 p.m. on Monday. Uh, Philadelphia police have deemed the death suspicious uh, and are doing further investigations onto it. This is a story that affects us all, Ron. It does. How so? I, I feel like you make had, these comments, and I'd like to hear where that comes from. Don't you think that we have all had somebody who has been affected by this? Like who? Well, I remember you telling me the story of your brother 
who was um, who had an ex girlfriend um, that was slightly uh, how do I say um, politely um, not quite uh, uh, a mentally sound mind, and how he paid off three police officer friends of his to have her locked up. Um, I think you are uh, you're thinking of a different story, although still. In the state of Pennsylvania, um, that would be uh, Ronald Davis, um, who was shown to be apparently uh, attacking his uh, his former girlfriend and also getting her committed. That's hot. I don't think that was the response for that story. No, no, no. That was my response for the previous story. I like to oh. keep you on your toes, Ron. I like to keep you on your toes. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, now, um, so he was arrested on Thursday for uh, allegedly abusing his uh, his state power. Um, we've mm -hmm. got both the uh, the videotape of the attack and his mugshot. Uh, so he abused his state power to have his ex girlfriend improperly committed to a mental facility last month, and he now faces charges of felony strangulation, unlawful restraint, false imprisonment, simple assault. Um, recklessly endangering another person and official oppression. Um, he uh, he was charged with manhandling his ex-girlfriend to bring her to Lehigh Valley Hospital school kill against her will. Uh, the physical struggle resulted in injuries to her forehead, torso, back, arms, and lower body. What about breast, chest, left? Uh, what was the... Uh... You you have you know the phrase the the jerky boys yes I, yeah uh, I'm just I'm just scarred about the breath just head and face and neck head and face that's it that's but she had to be listen. in uh she had to be in the mental facility for five days before uh, she was let out now who's videotaping this does the story say because this is a really exhaustive video where this woman clearly is not in any form of distress uh, up this until is this body cam starts. footage. This is because he, he had other other officers there. So uh, and they let him be the one to physically uh, like take this woman down. Uh, apparently, because, you know, he had he had taken, you know, they 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 were they their relationship had ended. There was some text back and forth. And apparently he had edited some of these texts to make it look like she was a danger to him. Sure. So, sure. you know, he brings some of his uh, his uh, his partners over there. Um, and then he decides to, to, you know, beat her up, basically, and get her. Wow. Sad. I mean, it, nothing. There, there's nothing sadder than an abuse of power. Uh, I mean, I would say you would know, but. But I will say this. The man has got a perfectly round fucking head. <laughs> I mean, you draw a line. You draw a line probably like the. I'm going to say seven and a half inch mark here. So he's right. five. We're going to say he's five eleven. You cut his head off at like five seven and a half. Just clean saw that thing off. Duplicate it in a three D printer, and I'm telling you, you can play dodgeball with that thing. You have got an incredible sphere. I mean, it might not bounce. You <laughs> I definitely was wondering hurt. where you were going with that. It would definitely hurt if beamed off of someone, especially somebody wearing glasses. But right. it would hurt because there's a skull inside of it. But that little dome right there, perfectly round cue ball action. He also has the dead look in his eyes of a man well, who um, probably is going to go to jail. 
And yeah. obviously, you know what? The worst part in today's criminal system, because of too many woke prosecutors and these this, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, a revolving door of justice, he'll probably get off with 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 time served. Well, thankfully, he's in Pennsylvania, not New York City, because there is no place with more woke pros- prosecutors than New York City right now, which is why, why you I had down. to leave. Yeah. Why I had to leave, Ryan. I had to leave. The streets were overcome with criminals, shoplifting, and also overcome by torrential rain. Had to leave. Had to leave. Brian, now that you have left New York and you are ensconced safely in left. your ivory tower in uh, yes. West New York, New Jersey, mm-hmm. what are you watching? Ooh. Okay. So this is, first off, I will say something that I watched was a 2017 documentary on HBO Max, or I guess they're called, the the kids are now calling it Max. Max. I watched a documentary called Mommy Dead and Dearest about the story of Dee Dee and her daughter, Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Um, Here's the way um, Max describes it. In this true crime documentary that follows a bizarre case involving one of psychology's most controversial conditions, Munchausen by proxy, a treacherous web of lies, child abuse, mental illness, and forbidden love is untangled in a provocative nation. Nation. Fashion. Um, It's the story of a girl who is um, uh, uh, brought up by her uh, mother, who has basically convinced the world that this girl is sick. Um, uh, and when I say convinces the world, I mean literally the world. Um, right. This girl has spent significant time in hospitals, had probably 30 different surgeries on her body. Her mother had convinced the world that she had muscular dystrophy, that she could not walk, um, had actually had a feeding tube inserted inside the girl's stomach. Um, when she was probably about three or four, claiming the girl couldn't eat. Um, And apparently there was nothing wrong with this girl. Um, No, not at all. That the girl lived in such a state of fear of her mother that she was too scared to let anybody know that she was okay. So she had all these surgeries that were performed on her. Anyway, the girl becomes of age. I don't know how old she becomes. I'm going to say probably 16, 17, maybe 22. Uh, Goes online while her mother is sleeping on a Christian uh, dating site. Meets this other kid who's also fucked in the head. Um, and basically convinces him to kill her mother. He it's a crazy story. Over, he comes over and kills her mother. Um, he goes, he gets, uh, spoiler alert for those who, if, if you want to know how the story ends, fast forward about three seconds. <laughs> there you go. So he gets, I, I just wanted to, for those people that actually were crazy enough to fast forward three seconds, he gets life in prison. She gets 10 years in prison. Um, obviously the continuing circumstances of like how, like the, the, the absolute disaster life she had. Um, right. But uh, she got 10 years in prison. Happy ending is that after serving, I believe seven years of the 10 year sentence, she was just recently earlier this week, um, uh, the parole board, Gave her early parole. She will be released um, this coming December. Uh, right. So, you know, I don't want to say happy ending, but just one of the strangest stories I've ever yeah. come across. Um, I didn't watch that one. There was there's been a couple of sure, documentaries sure. Yeah, on, yeah. on that one. It's just it is really a tragic story. I I, I, I said to uh, Mrs. Bryan as we were watching the show, I was like, I wouldn't convict this woman. 
Like, no. you know, she, if I, I, I know it was absolutely the definition of premeditated murder, a hundred percent. And if I was on that jury, I would have sat there and said, not guilty. And you will never convince me otherwise. There's no yeah. charge. There's no like, you know, manslaughter. There's no like third degree with mitigating. Nope, no, 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 no. This woman goes free. There's yeah. a, the suffering she went through, um, des- absolutely deserve this woman's death. Um, and then there was another show, uh, something that's uh, just, uh, it was a British show, um, six full seasons they've been doing it, came to America, across the pond, as they like to say. Um, Naked Attraction uh, was uh, added onto uh, Max's uh, streaming app earlier this week, I believe, already is their number one show right now. Ron, you also watched an episode of it. I watched one episode. Naked Attraction. Um, What were your thoughts? Um, So, well, so for those who haven't watched it yet, the the premise is that it is a dating show, Mm -hmm. um, but you're you're basically picking um, who you are going to date by seeing them naked. So basically, but yes. not completely naked at first. Not at you first. Liter- you you right. literally see from the waistline down six well, people. So it and starts, then, they, they, they raise up the curtain so you can see from the waist down. Mm-hmm. And then they genitals, they're up. absolutely naked. These people right. are absolutely naked. There's no pixelation here. So there's so six if you of them. So there's, if, there's hold six on, Ron, booths. It, Ron, Ron, I think you're missing the big point here. If you want to see what an uncircumcised, oh. unerect penis looks like, Naked Attraction is the show for you. Because I myself, I've seen a lot of uncircumcised penises in my time. It came out wrong. I didn't mean to say it like that. I've seen a few. Um, never in person, always on you know the silver screen. Sure, mm-hmm. sure, sure. Um, never seen them unerect. Um, can't say that anymore. So it's basically six pods, if you will, and the curtain comes mm-hmm. up to waist high. So you can see the genitals and, and from the waist down. Yes. So then the, then the person who's picking has to get rid of one person at that point. Mm-hmm. And then, explain why. And explain, and explain why, why they're yeah. kicking that I mean, and, they'll, and the host will bring them over and they'll look at the penis or the vagina, whichever sure. it is. Sure. Sure. Um, then it goes up to, up to the neck. So now you can see the mm-hmm. chest. So yep. And then they pick another person to get eliminated and explain mm-hmm. why. So now you're down to four. Sure. Then they, uh, they have it go up. So now you can see the full body of the four people left. Another One more goes. goes. Now you're down to three. And what do they do next? Do they have to, uh, I think they start talking to people. I think oh, they, they start talking to people so you point. can hear the voice. And after you hear the voice, now you eliminate and you're down to two people. So the two people then wait for the person who is picking to go and get naked and Correct. the person that comes back out. So now everybody's Correct. naked except for the host, which I think is a miss and whatever. And then I, I, based on who the host is, I think that's a good move. And then the person then the person picks from the two who Correct. he or she wants to go on a date with. Mm-hmm. And then you see them like go on a date and then they follow up like a few weeks later to see you know, how things are going between the two of them. So the first one was pretty straightforward. It was, it was uh, a a woman uh, with six men. And then the second one was a bisexual woman. So it was three women and three men that she was picking from. Yes. Yes. Um, What was your thoughts on the show? 
Well, number one, um, and again, if you're an uncircumcised person listening to this show, we we don't we don't shame, but it is it's it's unsightly. It's, not, it's, it's unsightly. It's not what I'm used to. It looks Correct. a little weird. Yes. Um, yes. But that's yes. fine. I mean, because I will say, uh, not fine. The not uncircumcised fine. uncircumcised men on this episode, they were packing heat. Like this yes, one woman. It looked like it looked like a scared anteater. It was not a good look. I don't care if you are flaccid, you know, five and a half inches. Good for you. Um, but like if that's what you are are walking around with, that, you know, the the the, the massive extra skin just shriveled up into a seemingly almost similar to a butthole little hole at the front where clearly a penis, you know, the a, a, a penis. Ugh. Uh, look terrible. Well, and, and this terrible. one woman, this one woman sent a guy scared. home because his flaccid penis was so large. She's like, Correct. I would, I, I wouldn't even let him get near me with that thing. He's like, mm-hmm. so I got to send him home. Which made me feel great. <laughs> um, I don't, you know, it was. I mean, again, was it, was it interesting to an extent? Was it slow and drawn out? It was. Like, I don't know. Was it was it people that I weren't really interested? Because again, I think with some of these other reality dating shows, you actually get to like listen to people and and kind of see personalities interact. And this was just literally like it was literally picking somebody based off of their physical appearance. And like sure, I get sure. that like they were accepting all body types for this show, but mm-hmm. like so like the second person like. There was there was one woman who you know probably would be considered Rubenesque. They called her. That's 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 a key word for, for television purposes. If that right. woman were walking down the street, you would not have thought twice about her physically. And I don't but mean she that, was, like you wouldn't. She was also thought the about first person they kicked off, and the, uh, you know, and just, it's just like yes, correct. I don't know. Like it, it really was like all right, we are we're 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 going off of the premise that you know we want people to see each other naked so that everything's laid bare. But at the end of the day, you're really just saying you are picking the person that you're the most physically attracted to. Sure. Well, don't Although, you think, hold on, hold on. Don't like the premise of the show is the flip side of the coin of no, every other it. dating show you've seen, which is hold on a second. We're going to spend so much time on who the person is without ever acknowledging what they look like. Here's a show where, we're just addressing what they look like. And then later you will find out, you know, whether you like them as people. But I, I think, you know, they're, they're what, what the show is saying is their angle is like, well, you know, everybody's just kind of stripped and laid bare. So there's nothing to hide. You, you're just naked people picking each other out of a lineup as to who sure. wants to date. Although the, the guy that gets picked, spoiler alert, again, fast forward like 30 seconds, the guy who gets picked in episode one, the first one, um, He's got he's got a prosthetic leg, and then he yep. also has a tattoo around his penis of an elephant head and ears, so that the penis looks like the trunk. I thought that and, was I thought he got kicked off. No, he the, he the that's who she ended up going on the date with. Wait a second, that was an actual tattoo. Yeah, he said he's like because you know one of the things when when um, when when. They, you get to hear their voice. They ask the same question. What's the thing you like most about your body? What's the thing you sure. like least about your body? And he said, the thing I like most about my body is my amputated leg. 
that shows sure. me I can overcome anything every day. Great. Correct. He's like, the thing I like least is my tattoo uh, because, you know, it shows what happens when you're out with your friends and you have too much to drink and they convince you to get a tattoo in Thailand. Oh, I missed that whole part. I mean, that just showed you the level of attention that I was bringing to it. Within well, I would assume by that point in the episode, you were masturbating furiously. Actually, I had already finished, Ron. I had already finished. <laughs> as soon as they raised the first bar um, so I could see the six flaccid penises, I mean, the the, the lotion was, was just like literally already being being served into my hand. What I found and what I think this was 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 quite interesting about this show was the fact of how little I cared about any of the people on this show Correct. because I had no connection with them. Right. I didn't understand any of their backstory, who they were, what they did, where were they were from, what were their likes or dislikes, so that by the time I saw who they were, meaning by the time I could literally see their entire body, I literally just saw six people who happened to be not wearing any clothes. I couldn't have cared less who the, um, uh, we'll call them the guests, who like the main person was going to be picking from. So as they started getting kicked off, I had no um, no level of disappointment or happiness, whether, you know, you know who I was rooting for. And what I, I rooted for nobody I could have cared. It was not a... Um, uh, I, I found that lacking any type of backstory with, from any of the people yeah. on the show, I realized will that I you, did not. Will you watch episode two? I will not be watching episode yeah, two, I don't, let I don't alone season two, three, four, five, or six. I have zero interest in that show. Ron, did you watch anything else this week? So two more quick things before we move on to our last segment here. Um, I know Travis Kelsey is all the rage right now. Uh, but really the true talent in that family is his brother, Jason Kelsey, uh, center for the Philadelphia Eagles. And so that's why I watched the documentary Kelsey on Amazon Prime. So it is a story following Jason Kelsey through the 2022 Super Bowl season with the Philadelphia Eagles. A lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, you know, a lot of stuff with his wife, uh, Travis is there, you know, it shows how the podcast got started, everything, just a very well done, uh, heartfelt touching documentary. I would, I would highly mm -hmm. recommend that. And then also a new docuseries on Netflix called Encounters. Uh, it's a four episode docuseries about, uh, UFO encounters, um, going, really? you know, all over time. Like one, one was in 2009, one was in 77, uh, I think the last one, I have one more episode to go is in 2011. So it's just, it's very interestingly done because it, it, it goes off of the premise that, you know, we have yet to prove that, you know, aliens exist, although, you know, government seems to feel that that's a very strong possibility, but mm -hmm. what no one really looks at is, you know, there's a lot of psychiatrists, they talk in different shows, like these people are suffering some sort of trauma. And mm -hmm. it is a trauma that is unrelated to anything else that has happened in their life. So if it's not what they say, what, if it's not an encounter with an extraterrestrial being, why can't we explain what it is? Mm. And so it's, it, it kind of, you know, kind of, you know, usually, you know, you prove a case by disproving everything else. And that's kind of the angle some of these episodes take is, all right, if it's not, 
then what's, you know, why does everybody have the same recollections? Why is everybody, you know, they talked about this, this school in, in Wales in 1977, where these kids saw everything, saw, as you saw an alien and, and a ship and they separated them all. And everybody was able to draw the same exact picture of the ship and the same exact picture really? of the visitor. So it's, it's interesting. I would, I would check it out if I were you. Okay. Or not. Okay. No, I will. Um, Real quick, Brian, celebrity obituaries. We lost some real ones this past week. Um, mm. Now, Sean Breedlove passing away at the age of 46. Uh, he was an eight-mile actor who uh, rapped with Eminem, yes. uh, Eminem passed away uh, suddenly in his sleep. Uh, Michael Gambone, uh, who uh, is a British actor who played Dumbledore uh, in Harry Potter films. You shall not pass. Exactly. Dying at 82. Uh, never seen any of the Harry Potter films. Not one. I'll go Not on record. One. I'll say that. Not my thing. Um, Brian, uh, I know this, you being a baseball fan, this one hurt. Uh, Brooks Robinson mm. passing away uh, at the age of 86. And I think you listen, wanted to listen. say a few things. Uh, Brooks Robinson. Um Listen, uh, American baseball player, um, outfielder, um, you know, that's just the start of it. But there's so much more to talk about that man. Played for over five teams over 21 seasons. Played for the Reds, the Orioles, the Dodgers, the California Angels um, before they moved to Los Angeles. Played for the Cal- the Cleveland Indians um, all the way and started his career in 1956, ending it in 1976. In fact, in 1975, this was something you don't see anymore. Um, he became the first black manager, excuse me, African American manager in big league history when he was the player manager of the Cleveland Indians, the only player That's to be right. named most valuable player of both National League and American. He won the NL MVP of deleting. The Cincinnati Reds. Brian, Brian, in Brian I don't want to. Can I interrupt you for a quick second? I, I, I think what? that's Frank. I think that's Frank Robinson, not Brooks Robinson. Brooks Robinson was a third baseman, and and he was Caucasian. But Frank Robinson, the the, the uh, baseball no, player. Brooks, Brooks Robinson is who passed away. Oh, who's Brooks then, Robinson? Uh, uh, he was a, a Hall of Fame third baseman. Passed away at eighty six. What team did he play for? Um, I'm not 100% sure, but we'll we'll have Matt edit this. Played his whole Baltimore. career as uh, for the Brooklyn Orioles, Baltimore Orioles, excuse me. They don't matter. They don't <laughs> matter. Sorry. And Brian, uh, yes. U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein passing away at the age of 90. Um, no one now needing to uh, continue to ask her to resign. Um, mm-hmm. She... Uh, she is. She has passed on after serving a, a long period of time in the Senate. Okay. Now I did see something, and again, not just Diane Feinstein, but I think all politicians hang on too long. Like we're we're seeing that right now as we're going to have two of the oldest presidential candidates in the history of this country take each other on. But so I, I was watching a clip on TikTok. And it was it was a comedian talking about the invention of the Cobb salad in 1935 and how it was uh, it was the uh, the gentleman who ended up starting uh, Brownman's Chinese theater. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, previous to that, started up a group of uh, vaudeville theaters 
and he had had dental surgery and he needed a he needed a soft way to get his protein something soft to eat and that was how a cob salad was created and so this comedian tells this like five minute story about how the cob salad was created in 1935 and then he goes and diane feinstein was born in 1933 so Diane Feinstein is two years older than the Cobb salad. Wow. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's actually, that's actually really good. That is actually really telling. I think, you know, you've got, um, uh, you've got, you've got way too many people who are um, just, you know, clinging on to power. I know everyone's pointing to Mitch McConnell. He's had rather a few medical episodes recently. Um, Diane Feinstein, you know, she missed months of Congress um, for medical related reasons. Allegedly, um, she denied it all. But, um, you know, as somebody, you know, um, you know, uh, pointed out, I, I saw recently on Twitter, excuse me, X, X. Um, you know, you, you, you know, generally speaking, people in their 70s are not considered viable candidates for most uh, for most uh, positions in corporate America yet. You know, let alone um, you have almost um, exclusively people over the age of 70 in key powerful roles in the American government. Um, right. You look at Joe Biden, who was in his, you know, mid 80s at this point. You've got Donald Trump, who is the likely uh, Republican frontrunner to challenge him. Also, you know, in that general age range, um, you know, it's it there is some kind of uh, presumptive that, you know, you need to have a career, uh, you know, uh, you know, spanning 50 years before you are eligible for, for that kind of role anymore. You've got people who are in Congress, you know, for, for 40, 50 years, they come in, you know, and they literally, you know, as they rise the ranks due to seniority, um, they become less and less likely to retire. Most people in their seventies are retiring or looking to spend their waning years. I would retire um, relaxing. if I had the opportunity. 100%. You get Diane Feinstein, who's just a senior uh, California representative or, or senator, um, refusing, absolutely refusing to give up. Um, the, she literally died, um, uh, claiming that she was still a, at, at the age of 90. Um, just absolutely no reason for that. Um, and have you heard two names they are floating? To uh, Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you two names that they are floating, and I'll tell you the conspiracy theory that is also floating out there. I'm, I'm Your names there floating to replace replace Diane Feinstein. I uh, saw today Meghan Markle. One. No offense, that's lunacy because we <laughs> do know that the governor um, Gavin Newsom he nominates. Uh, there's no process. Right. He doesn't need he just names a replacement. He just, just picks somebody so else. Meghan Markle who, was one. Uh, people are also saying Oprah Winfrey. Oprah. I heard Oprah. Who else? Yeah. Well, now the conspiracy theory is that. He will name Kamala Harris to be the senator from California so that he can then take the vice presidential role in the ticket in 2024. Why would she be okay with that? I mean, because I, I have no idea. The, the, it, I'm not saying it makes sense. I'm just saying that is the, the latest conspiracy theory out there. That makes no sense whatsoever. No One sense thing that whatsoever. does make sense, Brian, is joining our Patreon. Patreon because yes, if you people. are not a Patreon member, you yes. will not be able to hop on After nope. Dark, which is starting just you 20 minutes from now. Uh, if you go minutes. to ronandbrianpodcast.com, uh, click in the upper right-hand corner, uh, corner, become a patron. At the $5 level, you get to level. join 
You get the audio and video afterwards. But at the $10 level or more, level you get more. to join us live. What nice. also makes a lot of sense, go to Cameo. Cameo. We're on Cameo. Cameo.com forward slash Ron Bryan podcast 8939. As we told you last week, the first five people uh, to uh, get Cameos uh, from us, you will get those for free. We will reimburse you the $10 that it cost you for yes. the Cameo. We've already had a couple account, of people uh, sign business up. Business account video not included. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Hop over to Cameo and uh, and get Ron and Brian to. We'll do we'll do birthday announcements, uh, voicemail messages. We will mm-hmm. do uh, mitzvah announcements, engagements. Uh, if you want to fire somebody, Brian is in HR. He can record a cameo that will help you fire somebody uh, legally and appropriately. So uh, for ten dollars, I think that's the steal, Brian. Personally, that's wild. That is absolutely wild. That is wild, wacky stuff. That is. wild, wacky stuff for sure. All right, Brian. Well, that's an, another right. outstanding episode. Um, Just to say listen, the least. Ron. You make it look easy. No, I'm not as easy as you do, my friend. Yes, so, you do. Anything else before we roll out and get ready for nah, After Dark? I'm just excited for After Dark. All right, awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining. We will catch you next Sunday for episode 274. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.